0: Welcome to Rema for Today Radio.
1: But our problem is that here in the United States, at least in our culture, I don't know what to do in other parts of the world. I have been there too much. But we try to mix all of them together. And we have a believers meeting, an evangelistic meeting, a healing meeting, a teaching meeting, a worship meeting, and a prayer meeting all in one. And we're not very successful with either one of them there. But in a church, and I realize that a larger church is going to be more difficult to do some of these things.
0: But in the church, we ought to have all kinds of meetings. Welcome to RaMA for Today Radio. This week, we continue the timeless teaching series by Kenneth e. Hagan, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. This will be a great day of powerful teaching. Stay tuned. Plus, later in today's program, I'll give you details on how you can obtain this month's special offer. Now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan with today's message. The
1: 127th Psalm, the first verse, first part of the verse said, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Now that means more than just building a house, of course, if God's not in it naturally, but he's talking about spiritual things as well. You see, a lot of times the reason that churches fail is because they're built on wrong principles or purposes. I made mention of the fact that I had a visitation from the Lord. Part of it was revelation, part of it was vision. It lasted for three hours. I began by praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, and I kept hearing myself say, every now and then the English word would come out, plans and purposes. Plans and purposes. And I just kept going over that, going back to tongues and coming back to English. Plans and purposes. And finally I said to the Lord, there's something else to that. And then I continued to pray in tongues, and this time I prayed the English translation, plans, purposes, and pursuits. That's what I'm talking about. Plans, purposes, and pursuits. Now, you'll notice evidently, like the 127th Psalm, the first verse, whatever you're doing for God, is it God's plan? Evidently, it said, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain to build it. Notice that they did build the house, but it wasn't God's plan. But they labored. But we want God in whatever we're doing, don't we? A number of years ago, I remember at a convention, some of us preachers were standing around talking. And one minister who was pastor of quite a large church, I guess really the second largest church in that particular city of probably a million and a half people. And uh, he was talking about, if i and he didn't build that church, he had just called there to pastor, but he said, I'm thinking about resigning and I'm going out here in the suburb somewhere and build a church. And he said, I'm going to build it around me. Well, I didn't say anything, but I watched it. I noticed it went down because it doesn't have the right foundation. We ought to build the church around Jesus. Many times, folks, you know, when there's church splits sometimes, some folks, you know, their purpose and their plan's all wrong. They'll even say the Lord told them to do it. I don't believe God ever told anybody to steal another man's sheep, because I don't believe he's a thief. But of course, you don't understand, somebody in some old dead church, you can't blame them for coming, amen, to a lively church. I, I thought about uh, a Rhema pastor, who graduated from Rhema in 1979, went back to his home country of, of South Africa and started with 13 people in his father's living room, just a Bible study. Well, they outgrew the house, and so they rented, we call them theaters, they call them cinemas. They rented a cinema, just a small one, went into it, and it wasn't a process of time, they outgrew it. And so they they leased or rented a larger cinema or theater building and went into it and started a Rainbow Bible Training Center in South Africa. Well, right close to them in this uh, cinema where they're having church, there was a, a full gospel church, And in fact, the man was not only the pastor of the church, but he was the head man of the whole nation over his particular full gospel denomination. And yet he had to work for a living. He worked on a job every day. He had 400 people in his church. I know because, you see, when we went over there then, when they bought the first shopping center, and we went over to dedicate it, well, one of our drivers said, I was a member of that church, and our pastor kept cautioning us, don't you go. Don't you go to that. That's all error. Uh, that prosperity message and that faith business. And so he said, we went just to see what it was like, and liked it so well we stayed. And said in a process of time, uh, 360 of his people went and liked it so well that they stayed. He had 40 people left. But I noticed that when we dedicated their, their facilities, that that denomination sent a telegram and said, uh, because they were in session, uh, a national convention of their nation, and, and said, at first, we, we thought what you were preaching was error. But we come to see it's the truth. More power to you. We just want you to know we're with you and for you. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. That fellow got to seeing that the church is supposed to support him. Uh, you see, and, and he hadn't talked to people to give. But as they sold and gave, God prospered him. You see, if your plans and purposes are in line with God, that's the point I want to make. Let's stay with God's plan. Amen. Amen. So let's get back now to some, to some spiritual side here. Like I've said before, and I'm going to repeat it. Uh, it's a responsibility of the one who's going to speak, of uh, the pastor in his church and whoever's going to speak, to find out God's plan and purpose for the particular meeting that you're going into. Uh, there are teaching meetings, of course. There are healing meetings. There are evangelistic meetings. There are worship meetings. There are prayer meetings. And uh, if we meet to pray, well, why don't we pray? I, I remember a lady said to me right here at one of our seminars and came from one of the outlying towns, said, Brother Hagin, may I speak to you? And after one of the morning, service? I said, Yes. And she said, uh, well, maybe you can help me. She said, uh, now, I'm Episcopalian. And she said, in our church, uh, in our city, uh, the, uh, well, about half of our Episcopal church, in fact, a little more of them all have the baptism no ghost speaking tongues. And our, our pastor, a priest, Episcopal priest, he has the baptism, speaks in other tongues. We have this weekly prayer meeting. And she said, I don't know why in the world they called it a prayer meeting for it because I said, we very seldom ever pray. Well, now, you see, they've got their plans all mixed up. And their purpose is all mixed up she said i'd call it a prophesying meeting said that's all they do is prophesy over one another and she said uh, uh, is it right i said well what do you mean is it right?" well she said for instance they always prophesy something bad to me <laughs> well i said no well, the scripture teaches that in the simple gift of prophecy is speaking unto men to edification exhortation, and comfort and if it didn't exhort you comfort you or edify you then it's not the spirit of god well, she said, then the Spirit's not in anything we're doing. And you know he isn't a lot of times? I said, you know he isn't a lot of times? I'm talking about plans, purposes, and pursuits. And so she, I said, well, why do they prophesy over you? Well, said, about uh, 18 months ago, they prophesied that my, that my mother was going to die in 12 months. Well, I said, did she die? Been 18 months? No, I said, she's in good health. I said, that's easy to judge that. I mean, you 12-year-old kid, one and a half cents could judge that. That couldn't be right. I mean, 18 months, he's still alive and kicking and well. They prophesied that my husband was going to leave me within six months. I said, well, did he leave you? No, he didn't leave me. He's still with me. He doesn't understand everything that's going on, but he's a wonderful man. I love him. He loves me. I said, well, I know to be easily judged. Amen. Amen. That's not right. And so if we're having a prayer meeting, well, I don't know why folks don't pray. Now, I realize that at first it's good to sing sometimes, sort of get tuned up, you know. It helps you to sing, get into an attitude of prayer sometimes, worship God for a little bit. But if that's all you're going to do, you're going to miss out on it. So there are different kind of meetings. But our problem is that here in the United States, at least in our culture, I don't know what to do in other parts of the world. I haven't been there too much. But we try to mix all of them together. And we have a believers meeting, an evangelistic meeting, a healing meeting, a teaching meeting, a worship meeting, and a prayer meeting all in one. And we're not very successful at either one of them then. But in a church... And I realize that a larger church is going to be more difficult to do some of these things. But in a church, we ought to have all kinds of meetings. And if you were to learn that and just emphasize the right kind of meeting, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not uh, just, uh, and, and these are some things that I'm re- reciting to you that the Lord said to me. If, if we would do that, then we'd have his plan, his purposes, and, and we would pursue that and it'd work out right. Some of the things that he said to me corrected me because I was just as wrong as you. And then uh, the last church that I pastored, and we're continually growing. You know, we read the scripture also here in Philippians where Paul said in this uh, third chapter of Philippians, uh, he said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. Now, that word perfect throws folks sometime. another translation, either were already mature or full grown. Well, if Paul wasn't full grown, I don't know where that leaves you and I. Amen. But uh, I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Now that's Philippians 3.12. He said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press forward toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now I remember the last church that I pastored, the last prayer meeting that we had. And I remember that we were gonna have a revival and this is an evangelistic meeting. That's the purpose of the meeting. So I said to my congregation, because see, we get in a habit of doing things religiously that are right, but we do it as a religious rite and it doesn't work. So I said to them, because you know, we had before, uh, you know, just copied after everybody else and we had fasted and prayed and have certain fast days and certain prayer nights and all of that before meetings and so on. But you see, even though that may be right, it can become just a ritual with us that we go through, and it don't really amount to anything. And so I said to the congregation, now, I don't want you even to pray about the meeting. We kept announcing it. That's coming up. We're going to do some things the, on, on the last week before the meeting. So don't even pray about the revival that's coming. He said, that's strange, isn't it? And I said, don't do it. Don't do it. So we came up to the last Sunday night, We're going to start the revival. Now, remember, it's an evangelistic campaign. We're going to start it the next Sunday night. So on Sunday night, I said to the folks, we're going to have our regular service today. We're going to have our regular prayer meeting. We called it prayer meeting, read this, a Wednesday night service. We would pray, all right. Close it with prayer, but have Bible study as well. We're going to have our regular service. Then we're going to have a special meeting Thursday night. Now, between now and Thursday, I don't want anybody to fast. Uh, Unless God told you to about something else, but about the meeting. Don't you fast? Don't you even pray about the revival we're starting next Sunday night? They say, why did you do that? I did that to get people out of religious rut. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. And then I said, we came on Thursday night. And so then I said to them on Wednesday night, now when you come tomorrow night, see this is an evangelistic meeting. That's our main purpose. We're not coming to worship God we're not coming to have a believers meeting we're not even coming to get blessed ourselves we're only interested in one thing that's the loss you write down somebody's name on a piece of paper that you want to see saved during this meeting and then if there's somebody if the if the, if the husbands uh, you know if their wife's not saved i put both their names on there but if one of them's a christian just put the one on there and then if they're backsliders Write their name, and if it's a husband and wife that's backslided, write both of them's name on there and put a B on it. We'll know they're backsliders. You pray a little bit different for a backslider than you do a sinner. Don't know whether you do that or not, but we need to find out.
0: You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Call now to get this month's special offer the CD series Camp Meeting Classics Volume 1 for 1995. Featuring classic camp meeting sermons from Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth W. Hagan, Oral Roberts, and John Osteen. Call today and get this month's special offer now. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R H E M A dot O R G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen.
2: And remember, call to arms November right. seventh through nine. Building men a character. It's going to be a great, 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 great uh, men's conference. That's right. I I do them differently. I said I've been you know I grew up in this. I saw so many of them. A lot of hype. I said if I do a men's conference, it's going to have some meat to it. They are there is nine different workshops that you can go to. And I'm going to tell you what, each one of them is designed yes. to deal with problems that men face, real problems. And, and and of course, building men of character. And this helps us to yes. be able to build our character so we can live the life that we need to live uh, for God be the examples that we need to be for our families you want to get here just go to ramaorg slash cta and and you can sign up right there and all the other information is there about hotels and so forth uh, we're going to be looking for you
0: tomorrow more from reverend hagen on this powerful teaching that's tomorrow on rhema for today with ken and lynette hagen